Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 129. Oh, wow, we made it. We made it one away from 130, which again is a round number. Yeah. I talked about this like five podcasts. away from 150. It is. I, I talked about the round numbers a few weeks ago, and Ed made fun of me, so I thought I'd bring that back up again. Well, I want us to do 129.1. We're not. <laughs> We're doing 129. That would be a non-round. Well, that actually is a round depending on which you're rounding to or from. We're going to round to 130 next week. <laughs> there you go. And everybody's like, they're talking about numbers i want to scrub <laughs> past this part so uh we're you gonna have somebody in your life that loves rounding things i have they things sure someone in mind but they sure do neither one of those people watch these podcasts no <laughs> i tell her sometimes oh yeah you do a podcast don't you i'm like you're only like the person who's supposed to love me the most you could care just a little honey all right so yeah here we are i'm she just does care just a little just, a little. just, just a little. enough to keep me around <laughs> just a little and keep me just Happy, like a little puppy dog. That's what it is. Okay, so uh, if you're watching this for the first time, my name's Jason. Got Ed and Nathan here. We are the teaching team at, here at Community Christian Church, and uh, every week we answer questions that you guys send us, and we hopefully will give you some good insights, help you to uh, think about these things and respond to them in a way Jesus would have us to do, because we are Jesus people. So, we are. yeah, just to remind y'all that in case you were, in case you were wondering. That's the angle we come at everything on. Now, last week, uh, when we ended our podcast, I said to the people, I said... You're the people. You are the people. Last week, people. Last week's people, I said, we have a question that I personally do not fully understand. So I'm going to have, hopefully, these guys help me understand. Because I never heard this word used in this fashion before um, in, in the context of Christianity. I noticed the notes and I looked it up. I had also not heard it until I looked it up. Well, good. So you're more prepared for this question than I am. A little bit. Just a tiny but bit. But now I will say, because in case you didn't notice, I got two questions today. So we're going we're gonna to have to half our time today. So I'm going right. to try to keep us half and half. As per how I normally read things, I only noticed the first one. I know you did. <laughs> and it's why I said it up front. So we can't go on and on about this for, you know, the whole time. But um, I, I do want to touch on it because, like I said last week, if you send us a question, and it's a serious question, we will do our best to try to answer it. We may have no idea, but we will That's say right. that because, you know, we're just going to be honest. So we're not experts. We don't know everything, but we try. So here's the question. I know some people, I assume, some people who believe in manifesting and they tie it to God. Is this biblical now, my question was, I did not understand what they meant by people who manifest. Now, I know what the word manifest means. It means bring something to, like, make something happen. But I didn't know how this uh, tied into Christianity or the Bible or Jesus. Um, so, I, have a, I, had, I had people when I was, um, before I was working at the church, when I used to work at another place, I, I knew people who, I knew Christians and non-Christians who believed they could manifest things. Is it like the, the thing that came around a few years ago called The Secret? Oh, uh, yeah. It's very similar to that. At least what they the claim. Secret, now, they need, the, yeah. secret, the Secret. None of them, I think, claim to be experts on it. Their mm-hmm. version of it was speaking things into existence. Um, I knew, uh, honestly, a lot of Christians um, who called. They, they, they were, so I had a friend who was a non-believer. They believed in manifesting. It was a form of... Um, kind of new age spirituality that they could, very similar, if they just kept saying it, 
you know, kind of saying, this is the vision I see for my life, this is where uh, I'm going, and I keep kind of speaking it, okay. eventually it will uh, manifest and become a reality. But then there was another person who was a believer who was there and said, oh, I believe the same kind of thing, but I say it in the name of Jesus. And it was a what we often call name it, claim it. Yes. That I say it, and mm. then I say, I claim that promise in the name of Jesus, mm. therefore it's going to happen. Okay, that now that you describe it that way, that I do know about. I have yeah, heard of me that. Me too. That's what I, when the little bit of research I did, that's what I found when I put manifest and Christianity, that's what it came back to. Okay. I had not heard it phrased in that way either. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. When it comes to the way I have understood it is, you know, like you said, manifest is to bring something forth, but it's also, it's it reveals something. It's something that is evidence of mm. something. So the idea is, like in the secret, it. The, the thing that I manifest is evidence of the power in which I hold. Mm. Or naming and claiming something in the name of Jesus is a manifestation of my faith in mm-hmm. Jesus. Now, the word manifestation does appear in the Bible, sure. but it, it's often in reference to the spiritual gifts. The mm-hmm. spiritual gifts are referred to as a manifestation of God's grace. In the same way, it is evidence of God's power and grace at work in a person's life that they have this gifting that we would look at and go, wow, that is supernatural. That must come from something beyond just, that's not just you're a talented person or you're really you're really gifted at something. Right. There is a, it is evidence of the Spirit's work at, at work in your life. That mm-hmm. I always like to point out to people about the spiritual gifts, though, because I think this is widely misunderstood. Spiritual gifts are never given for the person who has the gift. Mm-hmm. That's right. They are always given for the benefit of the rest of the body. So, right. Even though they, that manifest word fits, I can't manifest something for me. No, I am man. I, if I use a spiritual gift, normally a lot of times people don't even know they have the spiritual gift. Somebody else says, "Hey, man, when you do that, God shows up. When you do that, yes. I sense the Spirit at work in you." And the person's just doing what feels like they're led to do. They're not trying to do something for themselves or out of themselves. It's just the Spirit working through them. This- I, that's the distinction I was trying to make is the, on, the, the only time I'm aware of that this idea of manifesting, it isn't, we have taken it and it has gone from manifest means to, to make evident, to, to show something that couldn't necessarily be seen. But what it has come to mean in a, you know, like the word literal doesn't actually mean literal anymore. Yeah. What it has come, I can't ever pronounce this word, colloquially, I don't know if that's the correct way to pronounce that. Or I get it. Okay, I knew what it has changed to over time is I am bringing something forth. What it actually means is that thing is there, and you are making it seen. That's what a spiritual gift is: is God's grace is at work in your life. You're not making it happen; it is happening in between you, and through you allowing the Spirit to work through you, God's grace and God's power. It's the you know in your weakness, God is seen as strong. The part that is not biblical. Mm-hmm. So I'll answer the question. Is yes. this idea yes. that I can somehow manifest things that don't exist into reality simply by claiming it in the name of Jesus? Or, mm-hmm. obviously, I, well, I shouldn't say obviously, in our, especially not in the name of Jesus, but even in the name of Jesus, yeah. naming something and going, God, I claim that, so now you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. is not what we, anything, that is not biblical. So mm-hmm. that's the clearest answer I have. Yeah. Of the way I've heard it described is, you know, people who talk about this, they think that they've turned faith into some sort of force 
Right. And That's right. your words are containers of that force. It really is more like Star Wars than it is yeah. anything. Right. So right. faith is out there. It's this force that I can harness and use to my advantage if I say the right words in the right way and I can get it really is a it is a man centered gospel. It is I can get God to do my bidding uh, rather than what the true I gospel is. I just need is. to believe it enough. Believe I enough. Believe, I need to never speak about it negatively. Mm -hmm. I yep. always have to say what I want to see yep. come to pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is a small, to me, that way, it is a, it is a dumbing down, a making God very small, manageable. Something I can control. In, in, if I should go this far, it is idolatry. Yeah. It's in, magic. Yeah. It's, it's magic yeah. is what it is. Mm -hmm. I believe in magic. It's my power to harness a greater power. Mm -hmm. at, at its root, that's what magic is. I do this thing, say this thing, and I can harness a greater power for my ends. Yeah, it becomes mm -hmm. transactional. Mm -hmm. Instead of what we are we are seeing in the Bible, we, or a more biblical view, which is prayer is not necessarily a power I harness. It's me interacting relationally with God, and occasionally He shares some of His power with me. But every time anything is an answer to prayer or anything that, it is a gift of grace from God that I am to be thankful for, not to look back and go, look at my faith and how strong I am and what I did. It is always to look back and in the lives of people around me that they would be able to look and go, look at how good his God is that that he was in this place of weakness or what, because normally the thing you're Whatever. trying to name or claim uh, is either one I'm trying to get success for myself, or often it is I'm in a really desperate situation, right. yeah. and I need God to do something that people would look and go, right. "Wow, look how good His God is." But never that they would look and go, "Wow, His faith must be so strong." This power. Well, and, and to be hold. honest with you, the times that I've seen God the strongest in desperate situations with people, and that I've seen non-believing people impacted by it, is for instance, somebody's in a situation where a tragedy—I mean, just outright tragedy—takes place. And believers and non-believers are shaken. And the person that the tragedy happens to has so much confidence that God is still good, that God still loves them, that becomes a, a manifestation yeah, of God's right. power at work in person. Mm -hmm. And everybody else who thinks, man, if that ever happened to me, I don't know what I would do. People go, I don't know what that guy has, but I want that. Yep. Right. Yep. So... To wrap that question up, your question is, is this manifesting idea that is tied to Jesus biblical? No. No. Okay, moving on to the next one. Uh, this also is a question that I could have sworn that we talked about, and we probably have, but I couldn't find it in our archives or else I would have referenced you to another place. But it does bring up uh, something that we... I think are really trying to emphasize these days, especially the three of us in the way that we are preaching uh, about uh, the kingdom of God and Jesus and what he came to bring into this world and what he is doing in this world. So I want to tie the question to that because you bring this up in your question. Here's the question. If someone is not baptized, but they are a believer, can they go to heaven? And what I wanted to start by addressing with this question is, um, I hear in this question something that, like I said, we have honestly in the past, me, per, I should say just me, in the past few years, I've really tried to 
de-emphasize in the way that I speak um, and teach the Bible. It's this fixation that I think we as Christians in our Western modern culture have done is we have way overemphasized this fixation on all I care about is going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think that has caused us to really distort a lot of what Jesus came to offer us. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it is not, and it is not uh, ill-intended. And mm -hmm. that's not what no. I mean. No one set out to do this, but I think we have leaned so hard on, okay, there's a heaven out there and I want to go there when I die, so what do I need? And then we get into this feeling of what are the bare minimal entrance requirements for me to get into this good heaven where this good God lives so that I can, you know, get there. And we ask questions like this, you know, is me getting in some water, is that going to do it for me? And um, I, think it, I think it leads us down a path that can... Um, can really get us off of what the gospel truly is. And so um, can we talk about that for just a second um, in some detail maybe? Um, about, where you guys want to start? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know where you want us to, to start the conversation. Well, if somebody said to me, what's the gospel of Jesus? The gospel of Jesus is that God's kingdom is available to you right now if you trust and follow Jesus that you can be fully enveloped in the life of Father, Son, and Spirit right now. You can do every moment with Him. And of course, because His life is eternal, well, if you're involved in that life, your life will be eternal as well. Mm -hmm. But it comes from trusting in, in Jesus and what He said. So... When a person then says to me, do I have to be baptized? I go, well, do you see any place where Jesus mentioned baptism? Well, mm -hmm. I can point them to that if they can. I'll show them passages where Jesus said, you know, everyone believes in is baptized. <laughs> go and baptize people. Mm -hmm. And then a person says to me, well, I don't want to do that. I'd say, well, you don't have to. But the fact that you don't want to do what Jesus says just says you don't trust him. So maybe you should work on trusting Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then whatever he says, even though it doesn't fit in your view of what ought to have to be, mm -hmm. yes. I don't get to question, you know, I just, I, when I say your Lord, your King, servants don't question kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think where it comes down to, and I hear a lot of people's, ask these questions is what they really want to know is okay I, I want a way to know who's in and who's out hmm. and I think we have this desperate and, and and not just even it is about ourselves but it's also about other people yeah it's often about. about other people it's often about other people it's like okay well this person says they are a Christian but they haven't done A and B they've only done C but this person over here is a Christian and They've done B and C, but haven't done A. So they're not the same, are they? And and we get into this drawing lines and figuring out, well, what is the thing? It, is B the thing, or is C the thing, or is it all A, B, and C? Because I've got this checklist, and I want to know what the what really needs to be checked off. And I I just I want to caution people away from that type of thinking. Well, I, because when you're trying to figure out who's in and who's out by a list that you created, or even that you see in the scripture, mm -hmm. you better make sure you make it a really complete list. Because right. you know, one of our elders used to say when a person said, how do you know you're saved? He said, uh, 
When Jesus says, well done, <laughs> he said, because it says, he who endures to the end yeah. will be saved. So it uses the same phraseology for that that Jesus used when he said, he, and Peter said, repent and be baptized, you'll be saved. Well, the other place it says, the one that endures to the end. So I get what he was saying, and he believes all the other stuff too. Yes. He was just making a point. You are trying to short-circuit a relationship. Mm. Yeah. Trust mm -hmm. is a relational thing. So I think about there are two instances, I think there are two in the book of Acts. There's one I can know of, and I think it's the second one, uh, where there are people that are teaching about Jesus, but they one of them only knows the baptism of John. John. Yeah. Yes. And when they're taught about the baptism of Jesus, they're baptized. Yeah. yeah. They're already teaching about Jesus. They don't go, oh, you know, I didn't know about that, but do you think I'm okay? Yeah, and see, that's, that's where people <laughs> ask the question, well, up until that moment, were they saved? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> Why would that be up to me to ask? But it's not, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the good thing I know is they did what they were asked to do when they had the chance to do it. Exactly. And up until that point, they were doing everything they know to do. And to them, they were trusting as much yeah. of Jesus as they knew that, to trust. And then there's another guy named Apollos. He's teaching. Yeah. And he has a female come and correct him, you know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Which have their, that. Which in their day would have been a, you know, a big deal. And he also listens to what she has to say. Right. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and changes. I'm, I just... I've, I've, I have a hard time understanding that once you understand that Jesus says it, that you want to rationalize away mm -hmm. that you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe this is somebody asking about somebody they love and they want to feel better about it. Well, in the end, I don't know that I can feel any better about a, another person's relationship with God than what's visible to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And if what's visible to me is there's this thing that God asks them to do that they don't want to do, that's concerning to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I have people like that in my life that oh, are me too. part of this church. Me too. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, part of part of baptism is, is uh, the fact that it is a communal act too, that it is something that happens. Uh, you're baptized, you know, into the church. You're baptized. Doesn't mean you have to when you transfer from one local body to another. I don't mean that. I mean that when you're making your uh, commitment to Jesus, that is also something you are doing. It's why it's a public thing. You're mm -hmm. making it in the context of a of a group of believers. And so I think um, I think when you're when you're having these conversations, I would try and figure out what is it that's holding you back from being baptized. There's a there's a person uh, in my life that. Uh, we're having these kind of conversations, and this is a pretty frequent mm -hmm. um, thing of, of what is it that is kind of holding you back at this point from trying to figure out, you know, is this your step? Because the idea behind, you know, really it's the, the sacraments that are universally accepted among pretty much every denomination of, even though we don't all agree in the same ways to take communion, mm -hmm. we don't all agree in the exact same ways that baptism should be happened, we all agree from looking at the scriptures that these are... Two big uh, deals. That Jesus instituted and said to the church, this is part of your existence as a community. That there is a public identifying. So I'll just say, because I'm, I'm at that stage with my kids, everything is easier to me when I think about how do I explain this to my children. 
I recently had one of my daughters baptized, and my other daughters are thinking about it. And so I said to them, I said, you know, when you choose, not only do I, because they said, well, I love Jesus right now. I said, that's exactly right. I said, I, I totally believe you love Jesus. I said, baptism is not just a you and Jesus thing, though. That's right. I said, there is a way that you are choosing to say, I want to not only love Jesus, but I want to be a part of his family. That this is like, it, and my daughters have been adopted, so it's very easy to say. It's, it's like an adoption process. It is you saying, I want to be adopted into the family of God. Mm-hmm. Because you already mentioned Jesus talking about it, but Paul talks a lot about this as well, about baptism. That it becomes like a new version, because this was they were a Jewish thing, of circumcision. It's a new right. sign mm-hmm. of this covenant relationship between God and people. And that circumcision was the way they knew that all... Uh, people were members of the Jewish people of the you know of the they were Israelites. It wasn't just about their sign with God; it was their sign mm-hmm. with one another, which is why they would refer to anyone. Which I always want to go, who's checking on this? Uh, no. But they would refer to people who weren't Israelites as uncircumcised. They are un they they don't belong to us. And there is a way, and that's what Paul says eventually about. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no slave. There's no free for you. We're all baptized mm-hmm. into Christ Jesus. And so what I would I would just come to is it's not just a there's because and we've already mentioned this. So I don't want to go back over it, but it's not just transactional between you and God. There is a relational element between you and God, but also you and your brothers and sisters. If you are saying to them, you can count on me. I'm in this with you. We're in this together. Uh, and obviously Christ is at the center of that. Christ is what motivates me to be baptized so that we become family with one another. So obviously to your original question mm-hmm. of going to heaven or not, uh, the kingdom of God doesn't just exist in some spiritual afterlife. It exists, and I just, I'm just i thinking about this because we're talking about it for a series that mm-hmm. maybe has already started. I don't know when this one's coming out. But there's a verse where Jesus institutes the Bible. I mean, they institutes the church in the Bible. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church. Gates of hell will say. And then he follows it. He goes, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is entrusted to the church. Yep. There's a way in which in kind of modern scholarship. What you bind on heaven, will be bound yes. on earth will be bound in heaven. There's a way in which we go. A lot of people say Jesus didn't talk that much about the church. He talked about the kingdom of God. He didn't <laughs> talk about the church. Well, that's the transition. He yeah. goes, he did talk about the kingdom. And then he goes, and here's the church. You guys got the kingdom now. Yeah. So w- there's this idea I know among a lot of people of, and the kingdom of God, we want it to be everywhere on earth, but it has been entrusted to be uh, transported. Maybe that's the best way to say mm-hmm. it, to be carried yeah. uh, by the church. And and, and so I, I may have made it more confusing at that point. But <laughs> baptism... <laughs> Baptism is a part of not just entering into God's kingdom, but it's into that relationship with the church. So my question would be, what is it that's holding you back? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I just would... It also makes me sad, I guess, when I hear people just phrase it. And, and, and I, just to be fair and honest, I grew up most of my life, and this was the question. Mm-hmm. Right. This was the question yeah. of my entire Christian life up to... My young adulthood was, you know, who's in, who's out, who's baptized, who's not, who's going to heaven, who's not. And I have come to understand a lot of what these guys just described in my own personal life that it just makes me sad when I hear people. It reminds me of me. It reminds me of back when I used to ask these questions. I go, and I was, I was, I was, I was missing so much of the life of Jesus because I was only fixated on 
this in out kind of uh, dichotomy uh, yeah. that I think limits a lot of what Jesus came to bring us. And I and so um, I think we've I think we've kind of given you a, a pretty clear answer to what we would say to that. But uh, I just wanted to make that the frame around which we answered the question because I I don't I don't think it is wise for us as Christians to frame it in these terms um, to just be something that is about me in me or or am I out and is it a have to or just or not because baptism was never meant to be a well I gotta get wet so I can get in heaven let me go do that it it was this it's always seen as a joyful thing oh my goodness yes well, and you even talked about those stories, but there's, there's there's all these stories where they find out, oh, I was because there's one place where they have the Holy Spirit before they're even baptized, yeah, and they right. come to him and go, whoa, y'all got the Holy Spirit somehow? We gotta get y'all gotta baptized. Get you baptized. And so there's all these kind of things, and that's why I think when you even get into the dichotomy of, mm-hmm. well, you can't even have the Holy Spirit till you get baptized. Yeah. All of that, even within the Scripture, yeah. it's not this legalistic uh, I always call it like an algorithm it's not a you put one in you mm-hmm. get the other out it is relational yes that it's baptism is both bigger and it's bigger than we make it to be sometimes mm-hmm. that is not today I would say maybe you've made it too big of a challenge it's, mm-hmm. it's also both bigger and maybe smaller than we made it out to be sure but even into that point of it's not this legalistic mm-hmm. within the scriptures it seems to be this very like Jesus said about the, the the kingdom and the spirit, it's just the wind is blowing, mm-hmm. and you see it, and it seems to be a oh let's catch up, yeah. oh we gotta get these guys baptized, oh you were baptized with this one, well let's baptize you with this one, mm-hmm. and every no no one is like dang it, I they gotta do that again. Why aren't you accepting my original baptism? Right, there yeah. seems to be this very joyful of oh well if that's where the spirit's mm-hmm. moving, let's go do that, let's yeah. go do that now. It it is it is a, a celebratory moment of entering into a community. That's yep. that's right. the way I've always, and I want it to stay that way, I, and I want it that way for you guys in our church and whoever asked this question. I, I want that to be the way you view it as well. So I hope you do. Uh, I hope that helped. So, uh, but like I always say, if um, we didn't we didn't get it right or didn't 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 satisfy your question, ask us again. Ask us some more. We'll do our best. So all right. So next week uh, we are going to tackle a question about prayer. Um, which I think we've tackled before, but again, uh, the framing of this one, a little bit different, so I want to touch back on it again, reiterate some things that we've said before about prayer. Always a popular question, prayer. We get that a lot these days, so uh, always happy to talk about it. So you guys tune in next week, and we will answer that one. See you then. Bye.